You're listening to. To another episode of Books and Boa, a book club and podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. My name is Marvin Yue, and I'm Rayu. And this episode, we're going to be talking about our September book club pick, "Goodbye Vitamin" by Rachel Kong. And to help us talk about this book, we brought in a special guest. She is the executive director of Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. She's also an actress, an entrepreneur, and a professional opinion haver. And podcaster and your co-host. <laughs> <laughs> She's also the, my co-host for uh, one of the other podcasts I do called The Collabcast, which is the official podcast of collaboration, bringing you pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Mar- Marvin forgot what podcast he was in I know, he's switching, he's code switching right now. <laughs> and she is also the host of the brand new podcast, First of All, um, part of the Potluck Podcast Collective. With all things sassy. Minji Chang. Hi, guys. Hi. How is everyone doing? Good. Sorry, How I'm are you? Sounding particularly congested, but I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for joining us. Um, I think the moment that we decided to pick this book, um, Goodbye Vitamin, Rira insisted on having you Aww, um, as part so of the conversation. Honored. Um, possibly because of all the talks we have about family. Of course. Like, on the collab cast. That was definitely a deciding factor. <laughs> Especially my father, which I've probably mentioned eight trillion times. But yeah, thank you. I'm so honored. But yeah, um, so this is our monthly book club discussion podcast. So we're going to be talking at length about uh, the book Goodbye Vitamin. So if you haven't read the book yet, this is your spoiler warning. Although if you're listening to us, you're probably here to hear our um, hot takes on this book. I found out that a lot of our listeners don't care about spoilers. They'll listen to it and then they'll read the book afterward. <laughs> and I'm just like, how does that not ruin your reading experience? You just but, convinced them as all. It's like yeah. your your discussion was an inspiration. So thank you for everyone who have been um, engaging with us on our Goodreads forum. You can find the Books and Boba group on Goodreads um, by searching Books and Boba. Uh, we have a lot of members that have been discussing. And we this, we have like a 20-message long thread for Goodbye Vitamin, which is amazing. So Ooh, thank, thank you, everybody who has been commenting. Um, we're going to pick and choose some of your guys' comments um, during this discussion, hopefully. Um, I have it open on my laptop. And uh, if there's any um, any relevant points, I will bring them up. Thanks also to um, one of our members. David actually um, gave us a plug on his. He has a, um, I guess he's uh, from Canada, and he has his own book vlog. And he gave us a plug. So thank you so much, He's a booktuber. There's so many of those now. And it makes me so happy. This is amazing. I feel like I'm entering a new world through you guys. And this is awesome. Well, okay. So as many people know, this book club was an excuse for me to start reading. Um, But Minji has been reading nonstop, right? Constantly for like at least since... Here it's touch and go. It's the same <laughs> as anything. Like it's the same thing too. with any media consumption. I, you know, Marvin can attest to the fact that I, I go a million miles an hour doing a lot of different things. <laughs> so I don't get to consume as much as I'd like to, to be honest. Other other people's you read books a lot and of biographies and like, it's a mix. Like, it's a mix depending yeah. on whatever the topic is. If it catches my eye, <laughs> but, 
But yeah, thank you so much for it's been hard. We're having a really busy month at collaboration. So getting me to sit down and read. I was so grateful for it. I'm going through a move right now. And so that's what delayed <laughs> all this. It's the best time to but like, it was so sit down good. and read a book. It was, you guys. You guys blessed my <laughs> life by like, I have to sit and enjoy this lovely book right now. Yeah. But on that note, let's get started. Um, Goodbye Vitamin by Rachel Kong. I'm going to read the description um, to get us started. Um, freshly disengaged from her fiance and feeling that life has not turned out quite the way she planned. 30-year-old Ruth quits her job, leaves town, and arrives at her parents' home to find family life more complicated than she'd realized. Her father, a prominent history professor, is losing his memory. Her mother, like Ruth, is smarting from a betrayal. But over the course of a year, the comedy in Ruth's situation takes hold, gently transforming her grief. Um, so we did mention this book a while ago during our uh, new releases, because this is a relatively new book, right? Yeah, it came out this year, which yeah. is why it's out in hardcover. And it's <laughs> been so hard to get it at some uh, libraries. It's all gone, My guys. My local library, it had uh, a couple of spare copies, but a lot of our Goodreads members they were like, I, I cannot get it. I have I to buy this book. All over Los Angeles <laughs> Public Library, in all of the ones that I looked at, they're all gone, which yeah, is It great. is incredibly popular and and... I mean, and it's a very universal. I feel like I remember thinking about this book when we first read the. Um, yeah, you called it a millennial book, yeah. and I was just like, I don't. Way to minimize it. Not Marv. really, but I mean, it's it's someone moving home after like trying to make a life for themselves and having to you know settle back into. It's like a quarter life, right? life crisis. <laughs> Uh, novel because I feel like everyone goes through a transition period where mm. they're really terrified and they don't know what to do with their life and sometimes they have to like move back with their parents. I think it's a very like relatable transition depending on like where you are in life. But yeah, um, well, right. This was our first epistolary novel. Um, so what does that mean? Because I'm it, not literally <laughs> yeah, to say it means like diary format. Okay. So it's like written. There, there are like books like in Jane Austen novels where it's written in like letter format and mm. uh, this book it's written kind of in a rough bullet journal format. It actually took me a while to get into that format. To Same start here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It took yeah. me about 60 pages and well, then also, I got used to it. Yeah, because I don't journal myself so I don't really like... Maybe that was... The, that was I was <laughs> like, if I wrote a book, that's one of the funny things that I thought when I first started. I was like, if I wrote a book, one of them would probably be just like this. Yeah. Because I journal a lot and that's how I think... Actually, the the author, Rachel Kong, uh, she was inspired to write in this format because there's another book on like bullet journal. It's called like the five year journal. And you and like this book has uh, has like a bunch of questions on one page and you answer it each day. And it fil- and by the time you finish the book, you have like five years worth of like journaling. That's amazing. So she kind of took that idea for her book. And I also know that Rachel Kong was the former editor of Lucky Peach, which is a culinary magazine, which is why there was a lot of food in this book, <laughs> which I loved. But yeah, let's um overall reactions. Um, I I like the book a lot. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I personally, um, so I'm a really fast reader. I can read about ninety to hundred pages per hour, roughly, and this book took me four days to finish. Wow. <laughs> And that's because, I mean, one, because of the format, um, I'm not a really big fan of, uh, of the whole journal format, but for me, like it was, I don't know if it was the best time for me to read this book or the worst time to read this book (laughs) because I, I am close to Ruth's age. I'm a little bit younger, but, um, like 
personally, I had to take breaks. I was like, I can't handle the feels and the emotions right now. See, so. that's right up my alley. So it was, that's why I loved it so much. I was like, oh, so much, someone else like gets and funnily, one spoiler, her birthday's in July. Oh, yeah. So I was like, of course it is. Oh, <laughs> cancer. My fellow cancer with all the feelings. Yeah. Um, I, I guess for me, because I, you know, am a dude and, I guess my family situation isn't as crazy. Oh, so your family um, situation isn't a K drama. <laughs> but this is the thing. Like, we're going to label that a K drama, but I feel like, honestly, from my life experiences, and these are like dealing with very normal people to yeah. having a lot of drama, i.e., like my family. I don't feel like this is that K drama. Maybe it's contextualized because mine is on the more dramatic <laughs> end, yeah. and I feel like this isn't i've heard worse <laughs> yeah yeah but guess, it's definitely not your run-of-the-mill but i think that's also the part of like yeah i mean the fact that it takes place in southern california there was a shout out to the singer mission which i grew up near which is awesome um i like that the characters here were honestly like mo- most of the characters in this story were are people that i know interesting and it's like it's like i said it's a it's it's a millennial book because it's i guess as a millennial and on the older side i can relate to a lot of the themes, at least of the, the feelings of having to move back, not knowing where you, where you stand on things. And, you know, in terms of romance, like I, I don't have as deep of a experience in that aspect of betrayal and stuff like that. I guess I've been lucky, but yeah. I'm glad. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we, I do have dementia and not in my immediate family, but in my extended family, there, there are family members taking care of loved ones with dementia. So that definitely is something that has been on the mind as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Alzheimer runs in my family. And actually, my grandmother is going through it right now. And, uh, and my grandfather had it. And yeah, it's most likely that my parents will have it, and I will have it. (laughs) And it's, and like, I've known this from a very young age. So, um, this book definitely brought up a lot of fears that (laughs) I'm just like, I don't want to pay attention to the future i don't want to know what that it's like to lot. take care of like um take care of my parents and and the thing is i don't have the best relationship with my parents it's we tolerate each other mm-hmm. pretty well right now but um like a, a couple of years ago and and pretty much for most of my life it hasn't been uh we've been pretty much a very dis- dysfunctional family very similar to um Ruth's family and a lot of the family circumstances are similar to my family, which is why I said I needed to take breaks. I cannot <laughs> power through this book like I do with any other book. Um, but I was actually really surprised that uh, for a book about Alzheimer's and taking care of your parents and being in your 30s and not knowing what you want to do, it was a very funny book. It had a lot of dark humor to it. It kind of reminded me of like, like a dark indie uh coming of age film i completely agree that's i i had a i had an easy time like you said because it felt very that she was very specific all those details really led to at least for us because we're in southern california that very specific imagery when she's talking about going to silver lake and when she's talking about going to certain parts of you know san gabriel valley i was like well i know exactly what to picture with that and the way she described people but um it was just very it was i i think that it's great i mean there's certain books where i think it's great that you can get through them in a matter of hours if you're that fast of a reader but i personally think that um well i think this was film too because i'm more into film 
but things that really do impact you. I mean, that's ultimately a lot of the purpose behind why people write and create yeah. film and art to begin with. And so I would be kind of taking that as a compliment as a writer <laughs> if someone needed to take breaks, but they, you know, they kept going and that they took their time. I mean, I'd be mean, like, wow, I really touched your heart. <laughs> so we just had the first anniversary of Books and Boba and um, Rira sent me this gift. Um, oh, yeah. That's like, this, you're just saying, check out these books. It's like movies in your mind. <laughs> and yeah, like it's art can affect you in ways like some people can look at a painting and get super emotional right i haven't See, experienced I haven't that, that yet yeah but i have experienced that with books and with um with movies and right. media so um even like video games you know <laughs> they're getting better <laughs> at storytelling these days um i mean they have a lot to work with <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like that's you know that's, i think that's really interesting and I, I agree with me. It's, it's good that it elicited those feelings but also yeah. like there are reasons it did that just because these are things that people experience right right um should we should we talk about ruth yeah Yeah. um i I wanted to start off with um not the beginning of the book but i guess the circumstance that leads ruth into Mm -hmm. uh moving in back with her family she goes through a really bad breakup like oh oh my god she was so unceremoniously dumped that was like the like that was a really bad way to get dumped too like the like i'm trying it's been a while since i've uh finished this book but um, correct me if I'm wrong. She is about about to move into a new apartment with her fiance. So I, she thinks. So she thinks, but he's been packing his his stuff separately. Yeah. And just as they're about to um go down to Joel's family for Christmas, which she has always done for the past couple of years, he's like, "Um, you're not coming to see my family on Christmas. In fact, I am not moving in with you, and I think we should break up." And that is how she gets dumped. And it's not even a boyfriend. It's a fiance. fiance. (laughs) Yeah. And like the whole situation. Why don't we get married? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He seems like a, like, I don't know. Like, okay. I have friends or I know people who have done stuff for their significant other and have it lead nowhere. I, I guess like, because she, Gives up school for him. Yeah, right? she gave, she gave school up so for much him. for him. But see, we shouldn't be praising her for that. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. I'm yeah. not. I'm like I actually know, right? was. I was really appalled that she I was, did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, girl, you was like, girl, her, you, you had one friend. year left of one. I think it was one year left of school. No, it was yeah. like a, a a semester or something. It was like less than a year. Like yeah, seven months. Yeah. And I was like, to girl, follow him to Connecticut. Oh, God. See, I can't even tell you guys my full story of my experience with my boyfriends because you guys would like make me leave because I've done so much way worse than Ruth, which is why I relate to her so much on like on her decisions and her her thought process, which is completely illogical and completely destructive. And that's the thing. Like you get through this dark comedy, you get introduced to the layers of understanding her because it's told from her perspective. But then what she reveals about her parents, you know, throughout yeah. the story, it re- to me, um, what I'm understanding at my age, I'm a little bit older than Ruth. I'm very cl- like a little bit older than Ruth, but just understanding I'm right at that, that cusp, <laughs> but it's that turning point where you become the parent, first of all. Mm. And then second of all, you realize a lot of, I think we're all in the process of realizing what we have inherited because I think we're at that point where our parents are becoming humans, right? And not just our parents and recognizing the mirror or the, you know, parallels between their relationships and maybe the habits that you do. And that's a lot of what I noticed just because I've gone through so many similar 
experiences with like <laughs> shitty boyfriends. Am I allowed to cuss? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, totally. I've had, I've had, I've had one really shitty boyfriend, and then I've just had a numerous like quasi dysfunctional relationships where I was like codependent or what you know whatever, and kind of compromising myself too much. Yeah, and so I was like, Ruth, girl, <laughs> <laughs> like I got you, I got I you, got but you. stop it. Yeah. <laughs> And again, the, the relatable part is I understand what it feels like to like put out like because it's not if Ruth was like perfectly clear headed and oh then like, it wouldn't be no fun to read. <laughs> also, uh, but also she she noticed all the warning signs. Like it's not yeah. like she didn't. And yeah. She just decided to put it aside, which is kind of her character at the beginning of the book. Someone who like there was a passage in the book saying that one reason she avoided doing so, like going back home for like years, is because she didn't want to confront. The things that have changed, right? Yeah. And well, I mean, Joel exhibits those that behavior too, right? I yeah. think everybody in their way in line is like her brother stays away yeah. when they need him, and again, it's very like it's very close to home with everything. But that universal thing of whether it's Asian families, you know, she's half Asian, and, and whether it's not, like again, I have tons of other ethnicity <laughs> friends who've all dealt with that same fear of I can't confront this. This is just yeah. too much. And I don't, and I don't even know how. Like, I'm not equipped to talk about this. I think she has the whole. Um, I'm thinking of like, <laughs> like um, um, Andy and um, what was uh, April? No, was what? the. <laughs> I mean, Parks and Rec. Leslie's best friend. Oh, Anne. oh, Anne. Yeah, like I'm thinking of like Andy and Anne. That one episode where she was like, Oh God, that like, was such I, a bad relationship. There was that one. There where she was like kind of feeling really sorry about herself, saying like I loosened the jar and she like. Open. Oh, I have, oh, I have girl, the girl. Yeah. Everyone, I called you, Marvin girl. You, you know what else is unfair about Joel that at least in the jar, um, jar lid, so somebody else could open him. I'm every like, boyfriend, yeah. you guys, every boyfriend I've ever had. But you know what? Whoever I end up with, he got loosened by someone else. So thank you. You made another person's terrible. life, yeah. like much easier because they don't have to do as yes. much soul searching and work. Yes, but also the person that you inherit or receive <laughs> same thing circle of life uh, lion king yeah <laughs> so she comes uh so ruth I goes down uh for christmas just for christmas right and that's when her mom says hey why not stay for just a year because you're like i need help i can't take yeah. care of your dad by myself her dad is basically being frozen out of his job because he's exhibiting signs of dementia dementia like forgetting classes, repeating lectures, and like part of it is her mom's not used to having him home all the time, right? Well, I think it's all of it. Just like, I th- like we we learn very quickly that uh, this family has a lot of issues that they just have not touched, just kind of put into a drawer and just never looked at it, never right. opened it. <laughs> so Much like, like many families. <laughs> so like so Ruth's father, first off, he. He had affairs, so that's a strain on his marriage. He's had alcoholism, so that is also a strain mm-hmm. on his relationship with his son, Ruth's brother. And, uh, yeah, like, just a lot, a lot of issues. I don't want to presume. See, this <laughs> is my thing. Uh, this is my personality. I'm a very intuitive person, right? And I'm very into talking about things like this and family and, like, finding out everybody's you know deepest darkest fears and their b- biggest dreams and all that stuff so in the in the process of being that person i don't know like i've learned a lot from my my own family and my friends families like 
I have an odd tendency to draw out secrets from a lot of people. <laughs> so a lot of the older generation, including my family and seriously, some of my friends' parents and stuff, they'll tell me stuff that they probably never told their kids or they never told, you know, a lot of other people. I have been the ear for You're many. Like a chamber of secrets in your head. Kind of. I'm legit. And, you know, I'm just saying, I think all this drama. Obviously, the health issues is one thing, mm -hmm. but the secrets, right? Either and there's so many versions of whatever secret of things that people are ashamed of, yeah, and like things that they've done to mis like hurt other people. That is in every single family. So whether that's like adultery or whether that's like taking money or like you know just like dishonoring <laughs> your family somehow, everyone has that. Which is why I'm guessing this is why this is so popular. That there's so many touch points of relatability in terms of like, my family can't talk about that thing. So we're, we put yeah. that in the drawer. Yeah. And so when she talks about it so casually with like her brother, because <laughs> she's trying to get Linus like yeah. journeying down back but, to SoCal. And part of it is she, I think she knows she doesn't want to know, no. Right. Well, but yeah, she does. Because the thing is that she's known about it for a very long time, like through yeah. her brother, because she went to college right. and then her like, brother yeah. is telling her all these things. And, and she stayed and away. Yeah. For, for her, it's like she, for Ruth, we, we realize that she um, tends to hold on to memories. Like she, mm. <laughs> she's kind of a hoarder of memories. She's, and she's a cancer. So she's just like, I, like, so for her, she it's like, I it. want to maintain this like image of like a perfect dad and like a yeah. loving mom and like a happy family. Cause that's something that, because the, the book is told through the perspective of Ruth, she does mention that the dad she knew is different than the dad her brother knew because the dad her brother knew was the one that was having affairs, having like a drinking real drinking problems. problem. And it was a bad time when, after she left, right? Mm -hmm. Part yeah. of it is, I think part of it is also guilt, right? Guilt that she, I, I think, think there's right. a lot of guilt. I, yeah, there's sure. a lot of yeah. guilt. I'm sure it's like guilt that she didn't uh, go back yeah. as often to mm -hmm. like help her brother with the burden and like uh, guilt that she didn't talk to her dad about his <laughs> drinking problem or talk to her mom and be like a better, more supportive daughter. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of layers of guilt there. But um, I thought it was really funny how the book opened because mm -hmm. it's just like she gets a call from the Christmas decorator people in the streets and they're like, hey, we found a pair of pants <laughs> with your dad's name on it. Um, there's a bunch of clothes over here. And and she's just like, okay, I guess this is a lot more serious than yeah. than I thought it was. <laughs> and I like that it, the book is one part kind of just slacker comedy, right? She's, you know, there's there's that Christmas party she goes to with her friend Bonnie, or she like kind of meets up with some of her old friends, and you meet the one dude who like the bearded redheaded dude who's calls himself a sushi chef, although he just cleans the fish. So. Her recollect every time she runs into people that she knows from her past are yeah. all hilarious. Yeah. Cause it's, we all know that, you know, yeah. I mean, we're, we're all running into people from on Facebook. Even. Yeah. Yeah. The one friend she runs to at the, I think it was supermarket who was the skinniest girl in high school. And now has, she has like, two, two kids. kids. Two kids. And yeah. immediately added her on Facebook, started sending her so much like junk. Oh yeah. With like, <laughs> with that like YouTube video of, um, most the most dangerous chocolate most in the world. Dangerous. That's actually a thing, you guys. Like, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. And I love the way that she like, and then I went home and I made the most dangerous chocolate cake <laughs> in the world. No, I love those little details. Those details with like food, like you're talking about, were so special because the food paints its own story about what 
the family is like and what they're into. The vegetables, the cruciferous vegetables. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that, that was one the first thing. time I learned that word. Sure, oh, really? I said it to you. I, 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 I'm like. I didn't register it as like. Man, oh, that it's, joke it's with like the cross. dad being <laughs> like, oh, my crucified vegetables. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, he forgot the word. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so. And it's such a very specific part of my life because I'm like, I can't eat as many cruciferous vegetables as I want. But then they're saying that it's it's like helps with dementia. I was like, oh, shit. I need to get back <laughs> on it. I mean, like with with food, um, I like I joke with a lot of people saying like Asian families, we don't say I love you to each other. We say I love you through food. We mm-hmm. say it. Did like, you eat? Are you hungry? <laughs> did you? Oh, my God. That reminds me of the BuzzFeed video that you did. <laughs> <laughs> my Asian mom video. I mean, yeah. like, uh, things Asian moms say video. Check it the out. The odd ways Asian moms say I love yeah. you. Yeah. Which is interesting because this isn't like even though the characters are like physically or genetically half chinese they're not they're i don't think their family's very asian american per se because their mom is chinese but she's adopted and her i dad, like that i really yeah. like that they brought that side of asian america mm-hmm. you know she's chinese american but she doesn't know her and and that's mentioned because yeah. she talks about when her grandparents died and she's talking about her adoptive grandparents mm-hmm. right yeah and just like how how much she doesn't know about she mentions it slightly yeah. but she mentions she how mentions she doesn't that, know where and her, her mother's from. parents even though they do exist they don't know where, where they are right or, exactly yeah that's a real yeah. story you know there's so many people whether they're full or they're half or you know yeah and she yeah. talks about her that her her family her dad's side's been there in america since the beginning of time or something <laughs> yeah. the irish and polish and yeah. yeah then maybe this is on me for assuming because it's an asian american author but it took me a while until that sentence oh okay I totally felt the same thing. I was like, this is is she? Because Young could be a, like, that could be a 1980s coming to America, like, translation error. I I thought it was very, like, sad but endearing how uh, Ruth's mother stopped cooking and she was just like nothing with aluminum foil and and like and only juices and sounds like my only thing a, only healthy mom stuff thing to yeah. do like my yeah. mom like reads so much like health blogs now and like I was always sending me stuff and yeah I, and then Minji shows up to work next to Marvin and <laughs> lectures him on eating more vegetables she comes home and's like we're we're all about juicing now we're juicing <laughs> <laughs> that was me that was me i yeah. bought my parents a juicer for yeah. christmas oh, wow. and they didn't um, want it they gave it to my brother rude but it makes sense like like health she was well-being yeah, when when Ruth first came back, like her mom was still blaming herself for the dementia, right? Mm-hmm. And too much aluminum in like all the packaging. And- Man, the line though that really, really just destroyed me was like, "I didn't think it would be like this." And she's like, "What?" And she's like, "Having a daughter." Oh, um, that was one of the yeah. saddest lines, like parts of the whole thing. That's like, yeah, that's one of those moments because this book it swings, right? You have some yeah. funny non sequiturs. You have this like building narrative um, of like. Th- their plot to keep their dad like sane mm-hmm. and then and it's real the individual moment to moment like or the moment where she has a real conversation with either her mom or her dad like those are some of the most like affecting moments in the book yeah like, like, that, that line yeah yeah I, I when i too, when i reached yeah. that scene i just threw my like kindle on the couch <laughs> and i was like i can't do this because like like literally like i'm not even joking like literally a couple days before i read that scene i had a fight with my mom and it was oh. it was like almost word for word and i was like i can't i can't just like oh rira and i was just like okay okay if i didn't have <laughs> a suggestion right now i'd be hugging all upon you <laughs> 
No, yeah. well, I've been having my this. What I'm yeah. saying, this is like so relevant at any point. My family's having its or our own arguments about my aging parents and like their future. And my brother and I are like the co-conspirators. Yeah. We have a little brother that we kind of keep in the dark. No offense, Dennis, we love you, <laughs> but like you know, we know again, we know our parents in a different way. We have different parents than the young one has, and you know what I mean. Yeah. And so it's it's that struggle. The struggle's real, and I get it. And that's something that actually I didn't really it didn't really register until you mentioned it was this whole book is about that period of time where the child becomes becomes a responsible adult that's what literally what i yelled at my older brother right now because he still has xyz thoughts and you know issues with my father because my dad's a difficult guy but my i literally yelled at him on the phone last week a few days before i read this book (laughs) i was like we are the parents now like don't take that as a burden i'm not saying that to like yell at you it's just the reality. You can't, like, we just have to deal and we have to accept it. And on that part, it's kind of like, that's what makes it also kind of an Asian American story. Because for a lot of Asian Americans, at least culturally, Asian culture, the kids are expected to become the caretakers. Yeah, we're expected right? to uh, have our parents and grandparents live yeah. with us and the take care of The worst thing we could do is throw them in a retirement home and forget about them. And that's when you get Mushu and be like, dishonor on you, dishonor (laughs) on your family, dishonor on your cow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But like, I think that's, the funny thing is I've had a lot of conversations with non-Asian friends, especially recently because, I don't know, I think it just came up you know, we're, I'm in my thirties and our friends are like all kind of dealing with it in their versions, but they, I've been praised or people have said things in, in not ironic way, just in a very sincere way. They're like, I think it's really incredible how much Asian people like honor their parents. And I, I, I feel like I want to be better about that <laughs> because they see that with their grandparents or whatever. And everybody's families are different, but we're very, you know, very generalizing yeah. right now. But they're just like, no, it, it didn't require as much effort for my family to deal with my grandparents. They kind of just did their own thing. Mm-hmm. But they're like, I think it's amazing how much you really make sure that they're taken care of. And sometimes it's the worst thing because you're just like, you can't live your life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's honestly, I didn't want ever that have be that resentful of my parents. Yeah. But I got resentful of the culture in general. <laughs> like, I, I, I do think, uh, like, I mean, not. Every family is the same. I'm right. sure there are family members who take advantage of that. Right. Like, yeah. Um, but and like, there are families uh, are just like so perfect. It's like, oh, shut your face. Guys. It's not, it's but not. You don't know. It's all, you don't it's know. All it's all perfect. It's, Asian people, especially, are masters at the perfect image. Oh. We're good with secrets. Yes. Uh, until true. it yes. pops out. Until it all until falls Until Minji writes her tell all book. Oh, my yes. family's secrets. Oh, yes. But with like the caretaker and your thing, family secrets. <laughs> with like the child becoming the um, the parent, we see that through um, the, the journal that her dad leaves right. Oh my God. And there's a point also where it well, like we'll, switches. We'll that. It switches. Yeah. But yeah, oh the, my that, God. those journals, like, so a lot of our, our members, their favorite parts was the journals that her dad wrote for her, like the memories. Destroyed me. Right? I can't even. I have one that I wrote down that I thought was pretty funny. Today, we went over to your mother's friend's house for dinner. We'd ask you to be polite. So you said, no more, please. It's horrible. Thank you. <laughs> so good she was such a character such a sassy girl (laughs) and it's like it's so nice because like you like she is getting glimpses of 
like her father's thoughts, right? Yeah. And like, and then when it, when the journal switches over to her and she's like chronicling her you like funny moments today. with her dad. You did yeah. this. He's you like, I that. made you salmon today, and <laughs> you said it was esculent, and I thought that was really funny. But <laughs> yeah, like there is a point where it becomes the journal becomes less about her, more about her time with her dad. Right. Destroyed. Yeah. And it yeah. also, um, like, I think her perception of memories, like what. Like, what's the point of remembering things, and <laughs> right. what do, what are actually memories? I think her thoughts on that changes by the end of the book because, um, in the first quarter of the book, it's like written in diary format. It's like every day there's like uh, mm-hmm. a little paragraph, but then towards the second half of the book, it's fo- it's focusing more on the months and yeah. it's focusing more on moments that happen exactly. instead of like very yeah, yeah instead of like very specific memories. There's another um, dad journal passage at, at that our book club member Teresa put on her forums that she really liked. Um, that was more emotional. It's like less funny, but more emotional than one that um, today I didn't catch you before you swallowed your chewing gum. I looked away for a second and then it was gone. I'm sorry. Today was your birthday. And when it was time for you to blow out the candles, you wouldn't. Time was running out and you were anxious about it. I don't know what to wish for. You told me sadly after the candles had burned down to nothing. I said, that's OK. I told you we put new ones in and you successfully blew out this new set. I'm going to cry right now. Yeah, because I I think, like, I think Teresa mentioned in her comment saying that how this is kind of foreshadowing the father's guilt on how he's not being a good father to her and how he knows that he's going to fail in bigger things as she gets older. And it's true, like, he he does fail, but, but like, you still see that there is, like, yeah, this, like, I, I don't know how to describe it, like, this nobleness. It's just, like, I still yeah. want the best for my child i still want to like give her her wishes and her yeah. like birthday candles and that's something that um david the the booktuber <laughs> we mentioned earlier, um he mentioned because he is a recent empty nester his daughter just went off to college and he said this book affected him in the way of like viewing himself as a parent and thinking about from that perspective which you know is something that we probably don't have because none of us here have kids yet the only thing I can liken it to is my having my little brother because I was 10 when he was born. And like, that's the closest thing I have to feeling like really protective and like unconditionally loving to somebody. Like to a degree, of course, if he really, really messed up, I would hold him accountable. But in my eyes, <laughs> kind of like he can do no wrong and I will, you know, destroy somebody for him. But watching my dad, that's why I was just like, she and her dad have a very similar type of um, connection that again I just try to explain to my brother because you know him and my mom have a different relationship than I do with my mom mom daughter and son and daughter and son and father and um, father and daughter are really all different dynamics and I just relate to that so much about the way that she fights with him the most in a way and she fought him by kind of like neglecting it and ignoring it but then she's also such a strong catalyst into bringing some sort of healing or bringing them back together again and i related to that so much that's like cute i mean there's that one scene where she tries to omit butter from spaghetti was it spaghetti or and sugar and sugar yeah and her dad's like well <laughs> you tried <laughs> and then she puts it in <laughs> So um, cute. Yeah, and there's like those small little moments where you catch in the beginning, you catch it at the end, where it's like her the way that her mother likes putting her feet into his pants, like his panel. I love details like that. Yeah. And they're so real. Yeah. Um I actually have a quote. I'm sorry, I'm like pulling out all the quotes <laughs> no, because I, love I it. like wrote it down. This but is great. I thought this quote really summed up the entire book for me. What imperfect carriers of love we are and mm. what imperfect givers. 
that the reasons we can care for one another can have nothing to do with the person cared for, that it has only to do with who we were around that person, what we felt about that person. Yeah. I love, I totally love that one, that <laughs> quote. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. There were so many quotable uh, yeah. lines in this book. So I was like, I'm not giving Marvin this book back. I have to like find all the <laughs> quotes first that I wanted to send to my dad. Like I'm literally texting him every day, trying to encourage him to be happy. So I was like, Oh, this. <laughs> oh, speaking of encouraging uh, fathers to be happy. Um, how cute was it that like Theo? I think Theo was it like the the, the, gra- yeah. the the TA who's I like let's Theo. make a fake class. Uh, and I was like, I was like, this is a Parks and Rec episode. Please like, marry him, Ruth. <laughs> Please, Jesus. I just like I just loved how they're like, oh, we don't have a classroom, so we have to like steal a classroom, and we have to make sure that the dean doesn't know about He's it. He's her Ben <laughs> Wyatt. Period. And then the who's the who's the rival um, professor? Levin. Just, yeah, Levin. that was a jerk. Levin was Dean. He was, he was the one the who got, he was oh. the one who got promoted over. over like her I dad. get it, yeah. I get it, but also I wanted to hawk a loogie into his coffee. <laughs> but it was, and I'm not that person. Uh, but he made me want. And it. those scenes were <laughs> such like, um, because one of the students, like Ruth, can tell like, oh, they totally Jones. slept together. You yeah. harlot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you strumpet. Just like her. Yeah, her the the way she like kind of started suspecting and then started really like accusing in the journal. I, I kind of read that in Minji's voice. <laughs> <laughs> See? Strumpet. No, because okay, let me just say I get it like for myself and for, like again, my family members, like people relationships are messy. They are inherently messy because we are creatures of emotion we're always battling emotion with logic we don't make the best decisions because we're acting off of fear or guilt or shame etc and that this book kind of like yeah in summary cap encapsulates all of that so it's not like okay but just don't go to her house are you kidding me <laughs> when she showed up for dinner i was yeah. like bitch please get out of there that's just there's there's lines okay if you're already in the class together fine and that's just like whatever shady because his daughter's right there but then you're gonna go to his his house with his wife sitting and right she there. She texts her. Yeah, yeah, that was that bad. is just okay. and that you know? leads directly to that one scene that you mentioned in the forums too. That you were kind of like, I, I can't read anymore. Yeah. Right? The, <laughs> the um dishwashing scene after that dinner where Joan and Theo come over. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just it's a lot. You know, that's like it's it's just human behavior one on one. I remember that's because um Ruth tries saying to her mom like she doesn't remember anymore or he doesn't remember her, mm-hmm. and her mom's like, but I do. And I was like, oh. <gasps> as the daughter, I would have just lost my <laughs> shit. I'm like, excuse me. Uh, I did like, um, so something that Teresa mentioned that was kind of a negative on her part was the fact that the secondary characters um, weren't as fleshed out, which is, in, I mean, it's It was story. fair. It was fair criticism. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I did want to see more from Linus because he seemed, he seemed cool. I yeah, I, I didn't understand why he suddenly moved back. I, I know well, he had a bad breakup too with his <laughs> flight attendant girlfriend, but at the same time, I'm his like, yoga, like spiritual, worldly flight attendant girlfriend. I, yeah. I don't know what Linus's job was, mm. but wasn't he a grad student at UC Santa Cruz? Oh, he's still writing his thesis. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, maybe that explains it. Because I was like, hey, but it was kind of glossed over. I agree. I was like, hey, if I was him, and I was like. I don't want to see my family. I would just get my own apartment. I would not move back to right. my family's house. So 
I was a little bit confused on that. He definitely, well, to me, his behavior, again, I'm reading his behavior, not what she reveals, but like yeah. the fact that he does reappear. I'm like, oh, he wants to like, he's feeling the guilt. He's feeling the responsibility. So now he's back. But it kind of, I guess through the reading kind of reveals that they don't have as strong of a relationship. Yeah. She alludes to it in the beginning when she talks about stopping over. They're very like, they have a camaraderie, but it's not a lot of depth. But it also it seems, seems like he's like, closer with his mom. Right. There, there, there are some scenes you read that she's very like close, like she's touching his face. And, yeah, and like his head is bowed and yeah. she didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think whenever um, a family goes through like infidelity issues, like the children always side with like one parent <laughs> over the other. Like I don't, re- very rarely do they like take the middle ground for both of their parents. Oh, I and, imagine not. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. tough. Um, I also liked. I really liked. Uh, speaking of second character, speaking of secondary characters, I also really liked her best friend, Bonnie. 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 Oh um, man! And then how she appeared with short hair after breaking up with <laughs> like her slacker her boyfriend, pixie haircut. She she gave good advice. She was just yeah. like, never cut your hair like until like three. <laughs> wait, like three weeks after a breakup. Don't do it during. I really like that tidbit. <laughs> I was like noted in a quotable. Yeah, and it's. I thought it was really funny that she was kind of her. She was Ruth's like moral compass like she was the one telling her it's a bad mm-hmm. idea to quit school to chase this guy and like always giving these really good advice while also not following her own advice of course yeah <laughs> because human yeah. <laughs> but and, you need that friend and that friend is always the one that says it even if like you're going to completely never ever listen to them because someone has had to have said it so you can refer back to it and be like <laughs> oh yeah bonnie said that <laughs> you were right so like my question is um I, I've never really gone through like complicated breakups in in my repertoire, but um, what version you want, Rio? I got so so like I think there's a I think there's a quote in the book saying how like her the memories of Joel, her ex fiance, it would just like wash like it would just come up suddenly as if it was like an ancient candlestick from like an abandoned ship. And I was like, okay, so clearly she is thinking like replaying a lot of memories that she had with him because she's a cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also, I mean, you can't help like all your experiences through life, good or bad, make up who you are today, right? Mm-hmm. So like she was with Joel for what like seven eight years. They were gonna get married on a whim, but they were gonna get married, right? So I imagine it's not easy to just like block all that out, even if you want to. And that doesn't even define that you're still in love with them. It's just like a matter of processing because I think for her, she's the way, and again, the way that she was broken up with, it was, com- she, she seemed self-aware enough that she knew things were like not going well and they were stagnating and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, but then to have it happen that way, I would imagine it's just such a slap in the face. And she's probably just like, trying to find her dignity again in a lot of ways, you know, like why, how could someone go from wanting to envision and commit the rest of their lives to I'm moving in with some other chick, (laughs) you know, you're not moving like that. That behavior is just so indicative of a lack of respect. You know, Joel's in my eyes, he's a coward. Like to do that is just so disrespectful of everything that you shared with this person. And you're like, that's the way you're going to like, that's the decency you don't have for the person you love. Yeah. So I just sit on my high horse and judge away. I mean, there there was a quote where, um, hold on, I had it. Yeah, she says, because I'm through doing things that don't count. I'm through with things that don't add up or amount. I'm just through. And I figured that wasn't just with her relationship. <laughs> For sure. Like She definitely goes through like a change, right, from 
from the beginning, from who she is when she first moves home to who she is a year later when it's time for her to move on. You're, you're not, you're left with not knowing if she's going to stay with her family or you know, move on, but you no, know, she's definitely in a different space, right? She's learned and she's become more, um, is confident the right word? Like, like more solid, I guess. Yeah. 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 And I think, well, that's what's revealing because she's, there's German acting is just moment to moment, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing with acting when you're playing a character, you know how the story goes. You know all the lines and you know all the blocking. You know how the scene's <laughs> going to end, right? But when you're playing the character, you can't play the end. You have to play that moment. Because at the time, that person, that's all that they know is right now. They don't know, oh, this person that I'm madly in love with right now is going to destroy me in two scenes, right? Mm-hmm. They don't know that. All they know is like, I love you right now. We're each other's worlds. So I love that. That's what I love about books. It's very much in the present. You have to kind of go through their ups and downs with them. She goes from like missing Joel to hating him, resenting him, then blaming herself you know, in all these big and little ways. Yeah. And then ultimately realizing later that she is over him, even though she thinks about him, that it's just part of her past that she needs to have let go. And you can't let it go until you actually let it go. Yeah. Until then, you're just going to keep obsessing, which I know very well. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the... um one part of moving home that this book cup captures so well is running into your past. Yeah. <laughs> like running into people you know. Oh, man, like I haven't, since my family moved to California, like uh, about like a year after I moved here, um, I haven't been back to Georgia in like over <laughs> and over like six years. And, wow. and like I remember the last time I went, like I ran into old, high school classmates how did that go it was so weird some of them were married with kids because it's the south <laughs> yeah oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah some girls were like oh i just went to college to like hook up with a nice <laughs> nice boyfriend with my a mrs degree yeah, yeah yeah so it was like really weird to see that and then i had friends who who like just blossomed <laughs> like after after high school <gasps> like some of them some of them are models now and i'm like hey what yeah <laughs> like when did you get so pretty i don't know like, <laughs> so like you you and and then like it's weird for them because like for me like i'm definitely not the same person that i was in high school and you know i like i was one of the very few people in my class that actually went went out of state for college so it's just like whoa See, like, props to you rira that's amazing <laughs> but it's it, but it's just like yeah like it's when a you, time warp when you run into people that you you knew when you were younger you either like revert back to that younger self for and sure. have all that insecurity or you're just like oh like i don't know how to interact with you because you're clearly a different person <laughs> <laughs> well, she was like oh how is a how is your boyfriend or the like I forgot the name, but like the guy, the guy oh, she was dead. dating. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she's oh, we divorced last year. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what, and I think that's funny when you, when you run into anyone from your past, it's a time warp and it's like, it's an automatic jump to like, where were you in the last time I yeah. interacted with yeah. you? That can, honestly, I hope that can be like a good thing to recognize. Oh, I've come really far. Yeah. Since that time. And so have you, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Good change. job. Good job growing up. <laughs> I mean, there are people who like come up to me and are like, how, how is your brother? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, he's good. Um, the youngest one, like, he's starting school or whatever. And then they're like, wait, you have another brother? <laughs> my, my youngest brother and I are 17 years apart. Wow. So it's like, so like people who did not know me, <laughs> like, yeah. like after that period are just like, 
wait a second. So like, many new occurrences. Like, I missed yeah. a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of things change within a matter they of years. They also like, had that years. moment um, when she runs into her ex at the farmer's market or something. Do they run into each other? I, yeah, they, I don't remember they that. They run into each other, I think. Was it a dream? Was it a dream? It might have been, been a dream. I don't I don't remember her going back to San Francisco. So okay. that would it might be have been really a flashback too. Yeah. She I'm mentioned sure. that she like saw her car. That he, oh, yeah, she, she went back she, to like, her car. Totally, yeah. like, the old apartment that he used to live in. Let's be real. We all do that. <laughs> <laughs> Virtually. Um. Virtually now. <laughs> so easy to collect information. From. So easy. Um, Come on, guys. Um, so I guess my question for you guys or girls, you girls, is um, what did you think about the like the overall? Because this is a very you know, there's not a, a a central narrative to the whole thing. The whole thing is kind of just yeah. This book is definitely you know. more of a collection of like vignettes, like very like it's kind of like I, I think in my review I said it's stitched together with moments, mm-hmm. and those moments turn into bigger moments. <laughs> And that is pretty much the book. You can't really expect a lot of like plot heavy stuff. Yeah. Which I like. It's just mm-hmm. kind of, I love vignettes and I love sneak peeks into, I appreciate that as much as I appreciate like full fledged narratives, yeah. like storytelling type things. Um, because you get to kind of, you get to learn in a different way. You, you kind of, you're watching, you know, reading it, but you're like yeah. watching them. And so you get to see. Right. Cause the, How they interact. Yeah, because the the fake class subplot of the book ends halfway through the book, right? And that's well, they thing. get caught. It's, it's not <laughs> like they could have gone on forever. That's true, but like in in the, any if this was like a rom com or type of show, that would have been the climax, right? Or the like if this was the um, like old school of like movies, I guess. Did did you get emotional at any part, Mark? Or was there any part that like got you really? I've learned that Marvin is not a very emotional reader. I get emotional. Not emotional reader, yeah, but you're an emotional person. I um, I mean, the the parts where the the dad's journal entry definitely. I agree with you, you, you two, and and, and our readers and our book club members that those are really, like, I mean, Minji and I will talk about this on our uh, collabcast a lot. Just um, how we're at a point where we're starting to understand who our parents are and who they were when they had us, and part of what David. Um, mentions is like from the parent side it's really especially her dad who is going through now his decline like a a a, a early decline but a decline nonetheless and you start to realize like all the things that he like you can tell he wishes he was better oh the right? doorknob thing yeah that like destroyed me <laughs> i keep saying destroyed but like i think that was around the time right before they get to the line goodbye vitamin when mm-hmm. i understood what that's where I cried. Yeah. I just, I broke because I forgot what the exact buildup was to that. It but- was, um, there was a certain point where he decides, yeah, he decides to confront, like to maybe not accept, but at, at that, at that moment, accept that he is eventually going to be like invalid. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. And that's, that, that really just broke my heart. And so kind of this buildup of like understanding and the humor and then the reflection and the nostalgia and then the drama and then the humor, you know, it all kind of like makes your, your heart very full. <laughs> but at that point, it was like, you know, it was so close to my heart with like helping my own father deal with his health and the concern that you have as a child towards your parent and the appreciation you have and the, the feeling of like helplessness. I was yeah. like, <laughs> Wasn't there a scene where he tells he tells Ruth that she should leave after this year? Yeah, 
that's yeah. that was when right. that was like that was Christmas Day. Yeah, one year later, and they were like walking around, and he's like, "I'm fine. Like you, like it's been a year. There's like no obligations, and like you live your life, but." You know, it's it's left open whether or not she will like take his advice or yeah. stay. And never mind because I, I just There's saw Theo. You have to stay. <laughs> um, and at that point, she's kind of you can tell she's settled into like instead of it being like totally a temporary thing, she's kind of just settled in. Like she goes and buys groceries. She like goes back to buy chicken for her her dad. Like the rotisserie chicken thing yeah, is so cute, right? <laughs> they bought the rotisserie chicken thing from um from the um, infomercial well i love that she's like le- allowing that whole experience and everything that happened with the fake class and everything mm-hmm. the theo thing is a part of her healing from joel right like mm-hmm. there's obviously multiple stories going on at the same time it's not just about her father and her it's a lot about her and joel which you wouldn't know unless you got to hear it specifically from the first person narrative and from this journal format and I relate to that a lot. And then I love it when she gets to that point where she tells him, she calls him up and says, I'm generally positive about you. (laughs) I laughed out loud so hard. (laughs) Yes, girl. That's a progress. Yeah, that's that's a good place to be. I I enjoy being generally positive about things. That's something I would say now. I think I'm so guarded. Uh, I was like, yes, I feel generally positive. About things. They do have some cute moments. There's a part where he comes over to play Monopoly and he lets her be the thimble or yeah, the, that's so cute. the top hat or I forgot which piece. She I mean, there were a lot of cute moments with like the grad student uh, storyline. Like, I can't believe they went to Disneyland for like class. And at that <laughs> point, I think at the point I at that point I think the dad was just like, whatever, YOLO, just like no, cl- <laughs> like I don't have to lecture. Let's just Let's go to Disneyland. Go to Disneyland. And they actually had actual. California historical facts in the book. No, I totally (laughs) thought of you when they were talking about the San Gabriel mission. I was like, Marvin's going to get such a kick out of this. I was trying to figure out where they are. Right. Didn't she say like, well, she was born in Fontana or something. I remember that. So definitely like South Bay slash like Orange County, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I I think they were, I thought they were still East. That's what I thought this whole time. I don't know. Because I was trying to place where her dad was. I'm not a native. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a native, but I love mapping things out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like that they left certain things vague too, you know? I like how this book, I originally thought that it was going to be more about uh, kind of like a quarter life crisis on like on Ruth's part. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like, how do I get a job? How do I uh, like get a social life again? Like, how do I find my footing again but really this book is more about her family it's yeah. not really about ruth herself but it also kind of is it's that story it in, in, in this in this um setup that is real it's a real setup you know and i but, think that's what I, I i would say to anybody going through a quarter life crisis that's literally the ex- advice i would give based on like the turmoil i went through in my mid and late 20s i'm telling you 29 is like a really shitty time Sometimes. Oh, thanks. Like, it just like, is. I have you know so why? much to look they, forward so to. There's Jupiter's return. No, but some it's people go through it. Because when you turn 30, you don't give a shit anymore. Well, that's part of it, though. But you, honestly, it's earned because you, you, you have to give a shit. You have mm. to like struggle a little bit. And some people go through it before 29. And some people go through it later. I mean, that's just a generalized time. But late 20s is tough because you're you're still figuring a lot of things out you probably have a few serious relationships under your belt and whatnot but i think what you're saying is totally true and this it would be in alignment with advice i would give to quarter life crisis 
and midlife crisis people, when you get back to what matters, the immediate things at hand, which in this case was her family, those other things fall in place. Ironically, when you take the attention off of like, what the hell am I doing with my career? How do I deal with this relationship? Like, oh, can't deal with that right now. Got to take care of my dad. That helped her bring that full circle, yeah, yeah. right? And so, like, she she decides to be a go do the two year something. Yeah, program. like a two year program, yeah. right? Um, I forgot what it was. Is it for sonograms? sonograms? But she's already a son- it's like a cardiac. Yeah, it's like a, a cardiac she's a tech, but I think she's being certified for like, oh, machines. Oh, yeah, yeah, like leveling up. <laughs> I mean, I just like how like I like with- how she liked. Um, what was it? She she enjoyed the faces of her patients when they found that they were having twins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I figured that's not fun. Like, <laughs> like, like for the mom. But she least. said yeah. our horror of yeah. the faces. Yeah. But I liked how it was about this family, this imperfect family and broken family, kind of learning how to live together again. Because I haven't lived with my family since I was seventeen. So, like, I can only imagine like how yeah. much how hard it is, especially when your your teenagers are like full-fledged adults who are like in their 30s like that must be really weird (laughs) for the parents at least for sure and for ruth to just kind of like you said move from a quarter of memories to someone who is focused on creating new and new ones like creating and documenting new ones with the time i guess like for her it's it's not about like oh, I need to remember this for the future. It's more like, no, just enjoy it. Yeah, just I'm like, appreciating like, it right now. Be yeah. present right now. Yeah, yeah, I really liked that. Yeah. Did you guys like the ending? Remind me how it ended. <laughs> it's just because they march, they're doing the marching thing or something and then it just kind of drops off there. She doesn't go, she doesn't take you further. Like, they're all dealing with it. The doorknobs right. have been changed, all that. Yeah. And it kind of just ends they there. They just, like, go for a walk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... I liked it. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting any huge closure or anything, but the fact that it ends on a, a happy memory with her family, that's, you know, it's different than how it started, which was like, all oh, like, my life sucks. Yeah. This is what's happened to me. I was fearful, like, before <laughs> I got to the end that, you know, I didn't know at what point the book was going to end. It's right. like, oh my God, am I going to have to be, <laughs> am I going to be, do I need to put this down for a while? <laughs> yeah, actually, that was another fear I had too, like reading in the beginning. It's like, is this, like, are we going through, is this, yeah, like, is this are we gonna... because of the journal, the journal style, right. are we going through the entire arc of her dad's illness yeah i was like oh right. god please say I, no. <laughs> that's really funny because for me i was like oh it's gonna end on christmas day like because mm. it's gonna end uh, with the same um like opening same date as yeah. the first chapter so i was like okay well at least i know it will end because while i was reading this i was like oh, let you, my suffering end i was like it has to get better it just has to get better i yeah. can't deal with this right now <laughs> well because it's such a even like the cover is so like bright and like it's 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 um it's pitched as a like a comedy like a slice as, as a dark like, comedy yeah. as a slice of life <laughs> with bittersweet and which is like well, it's about it. alzheimer's and <laughs> well that's the funny thing okay so that's just where my brain's at with family and like mortality mm. not to be morose about anything but just really honestly in my 30s i think about death a lot more <laughs> And not in a, I, I'll say it's not morbid. It's just like, because you, you said you have less shits to give. Cause you're just like, I don't have time or energy for this. You realize how time speeds up. Mm-hmm. You get tired faster. So like literally your hours in your day kind of shorten. So 
I don't know. Like, I felt like even if there's, I believe, I have faith in Rachel. She could have written a very great, taken us there and then figured out how to yeah. close it out. And and that's kind of the funny thing is that you're, you're not being like cradled or anything. She's not like cushioning anything, but her humor and her ability to kind of go from light to dark. I think she could have like, I'm not asking or wishing that she did, but I think she could have gone there and still had like these very like poignant, emotional and then funny and light this would make you know, like a good things. abc like family drama or sitcom or dramedy right? yeah like i mean that, that's the genre of dramedy yeah yeah i don't know if ABC, maybe abc i think i f- i get more emotional NBC? over uh, not nbc definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely <laughs> not NBC. definitely not cw because it's not no, no 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 there's no vampires in it <laughs> but like for me like when i read um books that are more like heavy they don't affect me as much because I'm like, oh, it's just heavy all the way through. Yeah, it's like yeah. you just have yeah. an armor up. But then when you're reading a book like this, it's, it's like a pendulum. And you're like, I don't know. Is it going to be comic? <laughs> Where am I going now? Comic? Just to be, be clear. <laughs> just to be clear. I did have tears. I just didn't cry. Aww. I don't have em- I, I don't not have yes, emotions. Yes, you, you have feelings. Mark. <laughs> when did you have tears? Um, During the, the journal entries. And, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Parts. The part where, yeah, the, the part where it's like, I didn't think this was how I was going to be. Yeah. Because I feel like, I feel that sometimes and I wonder if my parents feel that sometimes too. Well, anyway. <laughs> the good thing is, I'm going to leave my thoughts. So my, my concluding thoughts on, on this book is that it's definitely a roller coaster, <laughs> but I think it's a great one. And, um, he's really clever and funny, but it's also just this reminder that, it's life's not in a, not in a bad way. Life's not meant to be easy, but it's meant to be dealt with and experienced. And then in that you can really um, gain so much. And you watch this character through this one year period, just go through like, it's a hellish ordeal. Like that's really one of my worst fears is how I'm going to deal with my parents, like really age. And that's already happening right now. So um, I don't know. It just gave me a good boost of like total sentimental. Yeah you know feels because it makes you just appreciate the now and it makes you honestly kind of more equipped like okay she dealt with all this stuff now who knows what my lot is gonna be Mm. but i got the internet to help me i have my family and my friends i got funny books and netflix you know what i mean like you kind of think about well what do i have as my arm what are my tools that i have to deal with my stuff going forward yeah definitely a feel-good book with heavy themes I don't know if it's feel good. I don't know if it's feel good. Like, <laughs> but it's meaningful. Yeah, it is, yeah. it is poignant. Yeah. Yeah, it's very meaningful. Yeah, I guess that'll do it for this discussion of Goodbye Vitamin by Rachel Kong. Thanks for writing such a great book that um, really speaks to my millennial heart. She also has a cookbook, you guys. So oh, awesome. I think it's called All About <laughs> Eggs. Yes. And if you all have anything to add to our discussion, please sound off on our Goodreads forums. We'd love to hear more of your guys' thoughts, uh, what you think about our thoughts, and just, you know, whether you liked it, whether you didn't like it, doesn't matter. As long as you engage, we'll be happy. And it is October, so right, that means a new book. Uh, we are reading The Ghost Bride by Yang Se Chu. We've been announcing this book for a while, so hopefully you have it in your hands or on your Kindle. Um, we are Minji's, still. Minji's not a fan of ghosts. It's, we'll it's, see. It's not a scary. <laughs> I'm novel. changing. I'm it's evolving a, as a person. It's a historical novel set in like the 1800s in Malaysia. Very cool. Yeah. Um. It's not scary at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, we are still trying to decide our November pick. We want to read a sci-fi paperback. 
Right. There is a thread going on right now on our Goodreads forum. So if you have any suggestions, um, I think right now we're thinking between Nine Fox Gambit and something else. Yeah, and something else. <laughs> I need more spaceships and magic in our collection of books right now because we've been reading a lot of contemporary and yeah. like more real life stuff. Gotta I need more magic stuff. Gotta switch nice. it up. Um, but yeah, um, please join our Goodreads group and follow us on Twitter and Facebook to um, sound off on your thoughts. And on that note, um, that'll do it for this episode of Book Symbol. But thanks again to Minji Chang for joining us. Where can people find thank your you. stuff? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, thank you, Rhea, for inviting me. That's, I'm glad I got to read this book. And this was really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram on Minji, at, on Minjeezy, at Minjeezy, M-I-N-J-E-E-Z-Y. Twitter, it's the same thing with two extra E's. And you can listen to my podcast, First of All, Pod, or Collabcast. Yeah. And or Collabcast. Check us out on the podcast, on the Potluck Podcast Collective Network. Um, on that note, um, until next time, I think the next episode is going to be our October news and new releases episode. So yep, there are so many books. Stick around to them. <laughs> so many. And uh, we'll, we'll catch y'all later. Thanks, Minji, for Bye. joining us. Thank Bye. Thank you. This episode of Books and Boba was hosted by Marvin Yue and Riva Yu and edited by Marvin Yue. Special thanks to our guest, Christine Minji Chang, for joining us for this month's book club discussion. Catch her on her podcast, First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, love, and modern culture, along with Books and Boba on the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of podcasts featuring unique voices from the Asian American community. Check out those shows and other great podcasts hosted by Asian Americans by going to the website www.podcastpotluck.com. 